Hello and welcome to Tea and Chat, the British English podcast that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Hello, my loyal Tea and Chat listeners. This week we have Culture Club. And if you listened to the last episode of this podcast, you would already know what this topic is going to be about. Because it is about planning my trip to London. So next month in September, I'm going on a trip to London. I'll actually be spending five days in London and five days in Brighton. If you don't know, Brighton is a seaside town uh, one hour away from London, so it's very easy to get to. I've actually only gone there on maybe two different occasions just for a day trip. So for me, it'll be the first time as well to go to Brighton for a longer period of time. But I know most of you, if you are visiting England, then you are likely to spend your time in London. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, You have a Londoner's perspective on the best things to do in London. Of course, my view is somewhat subjective, but honestly, I think there are just so many great things to do in London that the list is endless. So what I've done for my trip is I've made a list of some of the places that I would really consider going to this time. Um, I've obviously kind of been to all of these places that I have on my list, so I can tell you my opinion on those. But I am going with my fiancé and his mother, so I will be a tour guide for them. And so they haven't seen these places before, so I want to make sure to pick the best places for them. Now, London is just one of those cities where you couldn't possibly see everything in one trip. So really, if you're going to London, it's good to just select a few things and dedicate more time to that than trying to fit everything in because there's just too many things. Um, And so that kind of starts with my number one tip is that if it is your first trip to London, I do suggest that you just start by walking. Because when you are in central London and you're among the hustle and bustle of everything, it's actually pretty easy to walk from one attraction to another. What I mean by that is if you want to walk from Oxford Street to Trafalgar Square to Leicester Square, back to Regent Street to Hyde Park, all of these places, while they are slightly spread out, for the majority of them, you can do a lot of walking to get there. So without wasting your time already, if you just kind of walk around the centre, you'll probably be able to see quite a few places. For example, if you're by the river, you're by Big Ben and Parliament, then you can easily walk to many other attractions that lie close to the river without any problem, without having to even get a bus or a tube. So that's my first tip, is just to see if the destination where you want to go to is walkable from uh, where you already are staying, for example. But I would also recommend that you do get an Oyster card. Uh, In London, we have a really good public transport system and that means that you can obviously get the bus, you can get the tube, but to do this you want to get an Oyster card and you have to get an Oyster card. You can also get a travel card, but I do suggest that you get an Oyster card. To get an Oyster card, you can actually do this at any corner shop. So you just go to whichever corner shop you see, you'll probably see a logo for the Oyster card, which you'll become accustomed to while you are there. 
and you can just buy the Oyster card for £5 and then top up um, however much you want and you can top up along your journey. So yeah, so really it's a good idea as well, apart from walking, to really utilise the public transport system as much as possible. Um, and avoid doing things like taking black cabs, which I have mentioned in the past is just not a good idea because it's really expensive and it's kind of just like a tourist black hole where everybody wants to see this black cab and try this black cab, but it's not something that the locals use these days because it is really expensive. So yeah, if I compare London to other cities, let's just say Toronto, for example, since that's where I was last time, Toronto is one of those cities where I feel like you could see everything that you want to see in like a day or two because while Toronto is probably considerably cheaper than London, um, there aren't so many free things to do as there are in London. So people always have this perception that London is a really expensive city and while yes, it is expensive primarily because of the currency of the British pound, um, there are actually a lot, a lot of things for you to do for free while you are there. And I think this is kind of like a luxury that other cities just don't offer. Aside from perhaps public parks, you probably won't be able to see much for free. Um, yeah, in Toronto, there are a couple things you can do. You can go to a few different markets maybe, but I, I would say it's a city where you could spend a couple days and see everything that you want to see. Whereas London, uh, you won't see everything in a few days. You will probably have to go back for a second or a third trip. So let me start giving you uh, some of the ideas that I have on my list of places that I want to go. First of all, while I'm talking about free things, um, the best things that you want to check out are the museums and art galleries in London. I didn't realize that <laughs> around the rest of the world, museums and art galleries aren't just normally free. Uh, a lot of them you have to pay for. And yeah, I was kind of surprised by this because I grew up um, where museums and galleries were free and we definitely have some of the best in the world. So definitely, uh, if you like going to museums or galleries, I would definitely recommend that you do that while in London. Um, so some of the places I have listed are the British Museum, which is absolutely huge. Just with this museum alone, I don't think you could see everything inside the museum in one day. You could try, but your legs would be very, very tired afterwards because it is huge and there are just so many different exhibitions on there. Um, so you can see like the Rosetta Stone, you can see Tutankhamun. They have a whole exhibition dedicated to uh, Egyptian history. And perhaps in true British fashion, uh, a lot of these artifacts are sadly stolen from the origin countries, um, but as a result, that means that the museums are very rich with historical artifacts from many, many different countries. So it's pretty impressive to see that collection. I'm also thinking about going to see the Science and the History Museum. These are also really good if you have children, uh, especially the Science Museum. They have a very hands-on play area where you can do things like uh, play around with electricity and, and make a soft bridge. Just lots of little fun activities that I really remember as a child, I absolutely loved. And I kept going to that kind of play zone until I was an early teenager because it was really, really fun. And the History Museum has an impressive dinosaur skeleton, I think, as soon as you walk in. Um, I haven't been to the History Museum since I was little, so I'd be quite interested in going back to that. 
As mentioned, uh, Oxford Street is kind of like the most famous street, I feel like, in London. But a lot of people don't know it when I mention it, which I don't know why, but it just kind of surprises me. Because at least from a Londoner's perspective, Oxford Street is really well known and really popular. And it's also known as the West End. So it's the place where you can go shopping, essentially. If you want to go shopping in London, then Oxford Street is the place to go. But even if you just walk down there, you really get a, a strong sense of uh, London life, I think, because it's so busy. Um, I would even recommend going there early, maybe if you don't like to be surrounded by lots and lots of people. But I think it's pretty cool. And right next to Oxford Street, you have Carnaby Street, which is quite small, but it's also very famous. And you might find some smaller boutiques and smaller shops along here. Um, and it just looks a little bit different because it's just off of Oxford Street. So you have Oxford Street, which is really, really busy. And Carnaby Street, it's normally a little bit quieter. Also in central London, you have Soho, which is also where you can find Chinatown. It's quite a lively area, so if you are looking for some nightlife or some nighttime entertainment, you can probably find that in Soho. It's quite a up-and-coming area. It has a certain vibe to it that I can't really explain <laughs> unless you go there. What I mean is it's just quite lively. And uh, yeah, so you have Chinatown, Within Chinatown, there are still several pubs that you can visit. Also, they normally have a couple musicals in this area. But you can find many, many musicals in the West End. Musicals I have seen in London include Wicked, Billy Elliot and Hairspray. Uh, I believe Wicked is the only musical that is still playing, I think. Uh, I know Hairspray is coming back next year. And Billy Elliot, sadly, that one also finished recently, but it was a very long-running musical and very enjoyable. Other places that you might want to go shopping include Harrods, Camden Market, and Westfield. All three of those places are very, very different. So you might want to look them up to see what would be more suitable for you. For example, Harrods is just a really, really, really big department store. We do have other department stores like Selfridges, which is also very popular and located on Oxford Street. But Harrods is actually very, very popular because it has been around for so long. But actually walking inside Harrods, it's kind of like an amusement park because it's so breathtaking, the architecture and the structure, and even more so the things that you can buy in there. These days, I don't know what they sell because there are just so many different floors and it's a complete maze in there. But I know in the past they had a section that was completely dedicated to these really, really impressive electric guitars, which had this amazing artwork on them. I heard they also had a section for pedigree pets, the type of animal that a celebrity may buy. Uh, all of these things costing, of course, in the thousands and thousands of pounds range. But just for a browsing, at least, it can be really nice. And maybe you can just pick up something small with Harrods just to remind you or others, let others know that you went there. Camden Market is very, very unique. So if you want to see a place that is very unique, then Camden is the place to go. It is known for having goths and punks and shops that cater to this kind of lifestyle there, such as perhaps tattoo parlors and piercing shops and clothing shops that offer these kind of like black clothing, studded clothing, 
Um, quite unique shops. It's also located along a canal where there are many more market stalls, live entertainment, and best of all, lots and lots of places where you can eat or just quickly grab something to go. And I think that's the best thing about Camden is you can find food from many different walks of life that really get your taste buds tingling. <laughs> so yeah, Camden, it's just very, very unique. Westfield Stratford is actually a really, really huge shopping center, or as they like to say in America, a really huge mall. And I know people still like to go to shopping centers when they're on holiday. So if that's something that interests you, then Westfield is the place to go. There are two Westfields. There's one located in Stratford and one located in White City. If you like to shop for designer stuff, then you will want to go to the one in White City. But in my opinion, the better one is in Stratford, where you can find many, many floors of many, many shops. I believe they are still the biggest shopping centers in the whole of the UK. And I believe at one point they were like the biggest in Europe. So <laughs> they're pretty impressive. Um, and it's nice to just kind of walk around there. You can see all the different types of shops that are quintessentially English. Um, I know for myself personally, there are a couple shops that I would like to go back to. My favorite is Caff Kidston which is like a, kind of like a designer boutique, but it's usually quite affordable. And if you look at Kafkaistan online, you can see that a lot of the designs are quite floral, quite girly. And yeah, it's just a shop that I really like. So I'll probably go back there. And of course, Primark. If you live in Europe, then you will already know what Primark is because <laughs> it's probably already in your country. For example, if you live in Spain, Primark is originally an Irish chain clothing store, which many people don't know. It used to have the name of Pennies. Um, but yeah, Primark, it's very much supportive of fast fashion. But the thing that I love the most is their selection of pyjamas, where you can find pyjamas with all different characters like Harry Potter, Disney, DreamWorks. Essentially, probably your favorite characters you will find on a pair of pyjamas there, which is what I will probably be picking up. Um, but yeah, Primark is just a place where it's really affordable. So if you wanted to buy some clothing in England, then that's probably a good place for you to go. Now, I used to work at a top attraction in London. And from my own personal experience, I can tell you it is not worth it to pay for these attractions. The attractions are very, very expensive. And which ones am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about Madame Tussauds, The London Eye, Sea Life, The London Dungeons, and I believe now we have Shrek's Adventure London. And these five attractions, they are all connected and tickets are very expensive. I understand if you want to go on the London Eye, I think that's a pretty unique and cool experience. Do be aware though that the London Eye only has a duration of 30 minutes, uh, which is 15 minutes going up and 15 minutes going down. So it's a very, very quick journey. So you may prefer just to sit in the park opposite and look up at it from there with your sandwiches. So yeah, sometimes it's better maybe just to look at things from a distance, like the Houses of Parliament, Big Ben, Tower Bridge. You don't need to pay to go inside and see these things. There are options to do that, but personally, I just really don't see the point in them. Obviously, you may want to pick a couple of things that you're going to pay for and treat yourself to while in London. I think that's a perfectly great idea. Just be careful about what you're picking and how many things you're picking. Because as I said, you can see a lot of places just by walking and there are just so many free things to do that it's not worth it to do that everywhere that you go. A couple things that I am considering paying for though. 
is this big, large, swirly, swirly sign, which is located next to the Westfield in Stratford. Actually, it's located in the old Olympic Park, which is in the same area from the Olympics in 2012. I don't think I can pronounce it correctly, but <laughs> I believe it's called the Acelor Metal Orbit. Um, so yeah, it's just this big red structure that has a slide in it. And I previously went on this with my brother and it was really, really fun. I'm also thinking about paying for the cruise along the Thames, so the river cruise. Um, I believe this is actually quite affordable as well, it's not too expensive, so you can find uh, a ticket for quite cheap or you might even be able to find some extra discounts on websites such as Groupon for example. If you haven't heard of Groupon, it's a great place to get discounts for lots of different things including attractions or days out. Other places which are a little bit more low-key, I suppose you could say, include Kew Gardens. Kew Gardens isn't located in central, central London, but it's a little bit out of the way and I just think that these are really, really, really lovely gardens. You do have to pay for this though, so I wouldn't maybe suggest this for you because there are, there are many, many uh, large parks in central London that you can go to for free. Like I mentioned, for example, Hyde Park, which is very close to Buckingham Palace, if you want to view that. Hyde Park also has a little pond in the middle where you can rent a paddle boat and have fun on the pond or rent a bike and bike around the park. And they normally have some kind of exhibition on there too. So sometimes you could find that there is like maybe some art uh, positioned around the park. Other hidden gems include Covent Garden which again it's just really nice to walk around this area and uh, Shakespeare's Globe. People often forget about Shakespeare I feel like when they visit London but Shakespeare's Globe you know it's something historically impressive. Um, it's not the original Shakespeare's Globe because I believe that one did burn down a long time ago but the one that is standing now has been there for some time I believe and you can go in there and if you want you can watch a performance, one of Shakespeare's plays. So if you're interested in that then I suggest that's a pretty good thing to do. But again, you can just walk on by it and take a look at it from the outside. Aside from these places, of course there are many events that are always going on in London and that's where you can really make the most of your money um, because a lot of these events are for free. I would actually suggest that you look on the website called Time Out. Uh, this lists everything that is going on in London for every day, every weekend, whenever you're going. It will tell you what's going on. Actually, it will also tell you what's there to see for free. And often they give out a magazine that is by the same company, Time Out, outside of tube stations. So while you're sitting on the tube to a destination, you can flick through this magazine and see what things might be appealing to you. So I guess those are my top recommendations for visiting London. Um, so yeah, the main thing is just to keep in mind that although it can be an expensive city, there are ways to keep the cost down. So hopefully you can keep a few of these tips in mind. Uh, like for visiting food, I always suggest you visit a local fish and chip shop or a pub that's normally going to be cheaper than a restaurant. Or even better, if you just go to a supermarket and you can get some lunch deals there, including sandwiches and snacks, um, if you just want to grab something on the go. So if you're on a tight budget, you can definitely make the most of your trip and still have a really, really, really good time experiencing everything London has to offer. 
You'll probably see pictures over on my main Instagram account after I go to London of the different things that I did see. But until then, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your holiday and you'll hear me again in the next episode of Tea and Chat. Goodbye!